This episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who donated $1 a month through Craft Sanity's Patreon page. Learn more at CraftSanity.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. Well, if you couldn't express yourself, how would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing and knit and paint and dance and spin, would you go crazy? Well, if you're going crazy, here's something amazing to help you keep it together. One, two, three, craft sanity, craft sanity. Welcome to episode 197. We're getting close to 200, folks. This is very exciting. It's only taken me like 10 or so years. (laughs) But today is an important day. Speaking of anniversaries and milestones, today is Donald Trump's 100th day in office. One of my secret weapons to cope with this seemingly alternate reality has been to follow the Daily Dawn feed on Instagram, where every day I've been able to tune in to this feed and chuckle over the satirical artwork of Jesse Duquette. I quietly admired Jesse's work for a while, and then I decided to reach out and do two things. First, I wanted to thank him for sharing his sketchbook with the world, and then I also wanted to invite him to be a guest on my podcast. And whether you like Trump or not, there's no denying Jesse's unique blend of wit and artistic commitment. And I especially love the fact that he's taken a situation that frustrates him greatly, and he's using that daily as fuel to create more artwork. So settle in, grab a project, and get ready to hear the story of how Jesse, this 40-year-old guy from Greenfield, Massachusetts, juggles fatherhood, a day job as a retail district manager, and his growing popularity as a satirical artist. Well, Jesse, it is an absolute pleasure to get to talk to you, because as I mentioned when we first started the call, your work is helping me survive this crazy town political environment that we're in right now, because I just (laughs) can't believe it. Like, I wake up every day. And I feel like I'm on a hidden camera show for a variety of reasons, but part of it is the political um, situation going on. So congratulations on quite a collection. When did you start it? It basically started with the week following the inauguration. So that Monday, the first press conference really is what I started as being day one. Okay. And that first press conference was something else. Um, <laughs> the, it, yeah, it was the whole, you know, biggest crowd you've ever seen right. ever in history, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It was basically a pack of lies. And, uh, and you decided <laughs> to like, and so did you watch the press conference thinking that this was going to become a daily practice for you to be creating art based on what was going on in Washington? Following the election, all of social media was such a hellscape. <laughs> uh, everyone was depressed. Everyone was angry. And it was just really tough, I guess, to kind of exist in that in that world. And so I took myself off. I got off of social media and like just couldn't 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 be around it in in, in uh, non-reality, much less reality. Right. So, um, I was off for a while, you know, a few months, and then when organization began to happen around the women's march, my wife and my mother decided they were going to make the trip down meet up with a cousin of mine who works in DC down there for a senator. And 
so that weekend they went down there and I got back onto social media, mostly to just kind of follow along with them and see how things were going and just kind of see what was happening. And I guess the first thing that struck me was how changed the energy was on social media where no less angry, but much more targeted and certainly more useful anger, I guess. It just, there was so much more uh, energy around, okay, well, what do we do now? And I think I was particularly encouraged to see how many people, I really couldn't get over how many people were really putting forth the effort to go to these rallies, to travel super far in some instances, Mm -hmm. to, you know, make the effort to do this. And so it was, it was a pretty, I don't know, it had a big impact on me to just see how much it changed, uh, you know, from going from the trauma of what had happened to, okay, well, how do we turn this collective trauma into something, if not good, at least something useful. So that was, you know, that was kind of the first thing that had happened. And, you know, it made me feel a little bit more encouraged about humanity, I guess. And um, (laughs) obviously watched the inauguration and all that. But then I guess with the first press conference and that kind of craziness with the lie and I, you know, the first drawing I had done wasn't done in terms of like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to, here's this project I'm going to do. I phrased it that way, but in all honesty, I was like, I'm not really, is there, do I, am I really going <laughs> to, I was more so like kind of an afterthought. Okay. So day one, first official press conference and they come out with this just like really weird and unnecessary lie. <laughs> so I was like, well, if they're going to lie about something that was so easily disproved and so such a dumb lie, what's it going to look like for literally everything else? And so that's sort of, you know, I guess the genesis of it and, and, uh, you know, wasn't done with a big design behind it. It just, it was more of like an emotional response to this totally bananas press conference. So if people are, or haven't checked out your feed yet, uh, it's um, the Daily Dawn on, on Instagram. And your very, very first um, drawing was for the Women's March, it looks like you had made a poster for the Women's oh, March. Yeah, and that, yeah. so that's there. And then you start in with uh, day one. Um, and you have uh, the press secretary out there talking about, and you have a quote from him. And did you, so did you watch that press conference then in its entirety? I mean, did you? I don't remember if I watched the entire thing. I watched, um, that, I mean, that, that part for <laughs> sure, but I, I can't remember exactly now what else. I, just, I, I think like a lot of people, it was immediately apparent that this guy wasn't Jay Carney in terms of a, he was you know, this guy with a really odd approach, very, uh, you know, uh, belligerent in a way. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd watched the bulk of it. I can't remember now if I'd seen the whole thing, but certainly that kind of weird interaction. Right. So the quote you have from him is this was the large, this was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration period. <laughs> so you have that quote from him. And then it's interesting how you're deciding to put, two quotes in in these um drawings so you have a a drawing of him and it looks like um you have the speech balloon above and then below you have a george orwell quote from 1984 uh the party told this is the quote the party told you to reject all evidence of your eyes and ears it was their final most essential command and so you have in every single drawing that you're doing a quote from an actual person and like in real time what's happening now and then something of 
uh, has more historical context. And so how are when did you what made you decide to pair it against 1984? I guess because it just seemed obvious, you know, <laughs> right. the um, what was ha- I, I think I, you know, it was everyone's worst fears, if not completely playing out at least major hints that they would play out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the quote from 1984, just, it's basically, you know, obviously at this point now a novel that's filled with probably uh, <laughs> appropriate quotes. Um, it's actually, I think sales are up felt... on Amazon, not to interrupt, yeah, but yeah. I, no, seriously, it's like a best, it's selling oh, yeah. really well on Amazon right now, that book. So. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, I think, you know, um, it was, the most, I guess, obvious um, source to pair a quote with. I mean, and again, that's where this being the first drawing, even though I had initially presented it like, you know, I'm going to be doing this every day. I think at the time, I don't know how committed or invested I was. I think I had hoped I would be, but I think certainly the, you know, interest or, you know, how people have seemed to react to it since then has helped me stay committed in a way, you know? Um, But, um, but yeah, I guess, you know, in terms of that, that was the quote was kind of an afterthought with the first drawing. Um, I just wanted to draw a picture of Sean Spicer saying this crazy thing. And then for whatever reason, I put the quote with it and that, that became really the, I guess the, crux of the project itself right because then you move on to day two and who's was the star of day two instead of having me explain your work i'm gonna let you explain your work now i think that'd be very uh, kind of me to let you do that <laughs> that's okay yeah well and then and then you know we have the next figurehead kellyanne conway um who you know is is kind of the the flip side to sean spicer in a way of this you know every time they open their mouths just like something wild comes out right. so this was the alternative fact say this was her <laughs> speaking and explaining what sean spicer had said the day before <laughs> about the crowd size um and her describing it in what is now the well-known phrase alternative facts right and she did it with such so commitment again she was so committed to it too i mean I, so I'm, just, I'm just like so in so awe committed. i've never told a lie with such conviction in my life my oh. word yeah oh. Yeah, I'm I'm almost impressed with her specifically. I mean, Sean Spicer seems like someone who's in a unenviable job, right? Um, and right. you know, hates life. But Kellyanne Conway is a true believer. You know, right. and she's just I, there's something about that steadfastness in the face of just you know reality that is perversely um, impressive. No, it is. She is so committed, and I and so you decided to pair a George Washington quote. With her alternative facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is better to offer no excuse than a bad one, um, which I thought kind of summed up her explanation. <laughs> now, were you a quote guy before this, this you know, Trump no, era? Okay, so so no. you go online and get your no. quotes? or I, exp- I, exp- I guess in my head you have this, like, really giant book of quotes that you flip open, <laughs> you know, <laughs> get a quote out um, but how are you actually getting your quotes? no I mean, I mean no i mean at this i have i have like a big at this point now kind of a, a big catalog of of quotes that i've started to save 
because I foresee them being useful, <laughs> useful <laughs> any day now. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's just the quotes are definitely the thing I think that maybe takes the longest with each drawing. Um, because to me, that's, that's, a, that's the part of the whole of the each project piece that I'm, uh, for whatever reason, I'm most, uh, I, I, for, well, this is going to come across probably not right, but it's the part I care most about, <laughs> I guess. The drawing is, the drawing will, I, that comes pretty quickly, I guess. Right. The, the news item, of course, it happens, it's been ceaseless, but uh, the quote to me is really the part that I have probably the most fun with, just like finding that thing. So, I mean, I don't know, I, I'll look through a bunch of different, you know, resources for it uh i try not to overthink what i'm looking for because that would get pretty um in, intense and it would be like looking for a needle in a haystack so right. uh i don't know yeah i mean it's just that's definitely the part i would say that's the most uh time consuming is, is really trying to find the right uh approach for pairing with a quote how long did it take for people to start to respond to what you were doing? I mean, it was kind of immediately. That first drawing with Sean Spicer got a crazy amount of response, but I think it was really, that was that was primarily because of timing, I think. I think it was, you know, right off the heels of not just the inauguration, but more so all of the marches that happened literally everywhere. And it was this right. moment when everyone was, hyper aware of what was happening and what was being said. And so that first drawing um, got a, a, a tons of attention was being shared all over the place. Anonymous picked it up on one of their many Facebook pages oh, and wow. shared. It. I mean, it was, it was pretty wild. You're in the so big that drawing now. kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, so that drawing kind of helped, I guess, you know, propel the rest of it um and you know it's kind of ebbed and flowed since then but that that really kind of started out very uh quickly i guess um and then yeah like over time there's been certain drawings that have uh, i guess gotten more of a response than others but i guess i was definitely surprised in a way with how immediate the response had been so did you were you on instagram under another name before this? Uh, yeah, it was basically my regular user handle, which is just J.R. Duquette. And that's where the first couple of the Daily Dons were posted. And then I realized this kind of was taking on very quickly a life of its own and, you know, wanted to kind of create a, 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 a its own home, essentially, mm -hmm. where I could just kind of focus on that entirely. So I transitioned over to the Daily Dawn within the, within a couple of days, I think, probably the first week or so. And now you have a lot of work. I mean, every day you've been able, have you come close to missing a day? I mean, is it hard to keep up this pace? It's a hard kind of, I guess, but I haven't missed any days. And there's been a lot of days where I've done more than one. Um, but uh, no, I mean, the, the, there's like there's never been a shortage of something to document you know every day there's at least something um that happens that's worth committing <laughs> to documentation um but on you know where where i will get like a little bit hung up and certainly some drawings have 
come much later in the day than others um, is, is in how occasionally it's how I want to draw it, but almost more so it's finding the right quote. If I can't find a suitable quote to pair with, I just, you know, that's what'll really kind of delay everything. But I haven't missed a day yet. I'm sure it's going to (laughs) happen, but not yet. How do you decide what to focus on? When there's multiple things that, you know, it could be, I try to have it be the thing that's the most important. So something that's less cosmetic, less surface, something that's actually, um, that has a real impact on people's lives, um, I guess. So if it's, you know, I'll, I guess, so in a way to put it, I, I would, I would probably skew towards something that's more serious than that's mostly just poking fun at some moron in the administration. Um, but what, what has often happened is, you know, like what happened yesterday, for example, the drawing I did yesterday was about David Nunez stepping aside Mm -hmm. from the, uh, house, investigation of Russia, which broke in the morning yesterday. But by the time I drew the drawing and posted it, we'd attacked Syria. So for me, if I'm like looking back at, you know, the Syrian attack is more of the news item for me personally, but it happened obviously late in the day. So when news items hit throughout the course of the day, I'll I'll be paying attention to what's happening, but I usually will wait for as long as I can in the event something else occurs, because it's definitely happened where I'll have something drawn and ready to go. And then something will happen that like completely supersedes what I've done. And so I have to start over again from scratch. Um, But, um, but occasionally sometimes something big will happen. That's just obvious. Uh, It's gotta be the thing to report on for that day. How much time do you spend when you're on most of these? It's kind of down to a science. I'll, uh, I'll I'll read my son his bedtime stories, and then <laughs> at like seven thirty, something like between seven and seven thirty at night, I'll start it. And then usually takes about from beginning to end, I guess maybe about like an hour and a half or so. Okay, an hour, hour and a half to knock them out. And what are you using as your medium? Pen and ink and colored pencil is is pretty much exclusively the medium i'm not i'm not very um i'm not widely skilled with uh <laughs> with with different applications so well this is working for you so, yeah i'm definitely not trying to push you toward anything else because this is working this is working well um yeah so um so how old is your son he's five okay so does he know what you're doing does he does he um oh yeah yeah he's yeah he's very uh <laughs> He's, he's he's very in tune to it all. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> he knows what all the characters look like. They're all characters to him. You oh, know? Well, you know, notes. that might be a healthy way to look yeah. at this, that they're characters. <laughs> now, do you have a day job? Do you work in the arts? Do you have an art career uh, going aside from? Oh, no. No, I might. No, my it's purely recreational for me. <laughs> really? Wow. Well, that's um, really good. Yeah. Did you go to art school or anything? I went to art school. Super briefly, I went to Massachusetts College of Art for a year, but like most art schools, especially kind of like the state art schools, your first year is really foundation. So, you know, it was a lot of, um, there was like a computer class, there was uh, American thought and government, art history, not too much in terms of, you know, 
actual uh, application of art. I um, sounds like that government class is coming in handy, though. Well, <laughs> well, that was that was in hindsight one of the more interesting things <laughs> for sure. Like I really enjoyed that and the art history stuff, but I didn't like. Uh, I always was very, um, um, I guess, singularly minded about what I liked to do with art itself, and so I I I could foresee in that first year not being super jazzed on what kind of the foreseeable curriculum would look like. Uh, like a lot of art yeah. schools, illustration, they try to gear you towards like the graphic design tech piece of things. And right. That's super great. I and mean, that's a, those are way more viable careers than just flat out illustration. But I also <laughs> knew like, Oh, I don't want to totally suck the fun out of what I like to do with this. And so I had left after that year. So where did you go after that? What did you do after you left art school? By the time I graduated high school, I'd kind of given up pursuing art, really. In art school, I went to because it seemed to make the most sense just in general. Um, but in terms of an interest level, around that time is when I, I kind of got way more interested into music and playing in a band and all that, where I kind of cast aside the drawing thing for a little while. And then from there, um, what did you go on to do? Do you, did you take up a completely different, something completely different than art or pursue music more? Yeah, it was pretty much music. I mean, I, I, from the time I was probably about 17 until I was about, oh God, I don't know, 30. I really did almost nothing with art. Um, I, my, my art work was relegated to making the flyers for my band you know, a couple things here and there, I would, you know, occasionally do commission pieces for friends and stuff, drawings as gifts for people. But um, it was really, really became a, a, a small uh, fraction of how I spent my time and what I did. It was really, I got way more into writing and music and, and playing music. And so um, when you, started picking up speed on this and now i mean have you been offered a book deal yet i mean is are people how how much attention are you getting from people that publish artwork not really i mean a lot of people who who would like me to put out a book but, um, but <laughs> no one so far that's wanting to pay so for it yeah <laughs> right i mean i through this process you know I've, I've been able to connect with an agent um who's been super helpful so i'm working with her um, and, you know, we're, you know, kind of in the process of still figuring out what this project is and what it is going to look like. So mm -hmm. we'll see, you know, I, you know, we, we really, it'd be great if something were to come, come from it in that way. Um, but, um, so yeah, I mean, there's been, there's been like a little bit of that, um, but m more so just, uh, a lot of really nice people out there who have been, uh, <laughs> asking when you know are you gonna put something out i'll buy it um but yeah it's been mostly mostly in that way and is it how hard is it to i mean obviously finding the time when you're working but how hard is it to stay motivated because you can't really take a day off from the news and what's happening in washington because this is your project you're documenting this so is it does the artwork help you kind of cope with being kind of monitoring this very closely or do you sometimes have to kind of force yourself to like turn on the TV and read a newspaper and like look at what's <laughs> happening? I mean, does it get, 
to a point where you're just like, oh my gosh, I need a break uh, because you're just immersed in this. I guess I thought it was going to be a lot more soul crushing than it's turned out to be. It's so um, surreal kind of how everything is happening. It's not like other presidencies that I've been through that have been tough, like George W. Bush's. This is a totally different animal. So in a way, there's this morbid curiosity of like, what fresh hell will this day deliver? You know, like what, what unexpected bananas thing is going to happen. So there is this small part of it. That's this curiosity of like, you know, what crazy thing is going to be said or done. But I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. It, the, the project has helped me look at it in almost like a surgical way too, because it's part of this project and documenting every day. And so it's, it's forcing me to kind of look at it analytically in a way. So I'm, I'm, it's not as soul crushing, I guess, as I would have thought initially, which has been good. I haven't had to force myself yet to look at the news. Who do you hear the most from the critics or the, the fans? Thankfully, it's mostly people who have nice things to say. There mm. are people who are, you know, who, you know, are, are getting something out of it um, positively. The, um, the, the negative stuff uh, fits into one of two camps. It's either the guys who really just kind of throw whatever, you know, slur they can from their private social media account. Jeez. Um, not really looking to debate anything just looking to insult and that's fine <laughs> you know, that'll happen um so it's either that or it's the people who are like kellyanne like the true believers in the face of all given fact and reality who are buying whatever garbage they're being fed and just kind of regurgitating it back again, not really looking to debate because, you know, I, if I try to re-engage, be like, okay, well, what about this thing? That's in clear contrast to what you're saying. There's no, there's never anyone who's looking to actually, I would say kind of, you know, debate or even defend what it is that they're trying to say. And I think most tellingly not once have I seen anyone defend their decision to support Trump. Do you feel responsibility now to not, not only for people that are looking for laughs, but also people that are just like, yeah, keep us informed. Yeah, weirdly. And I, that's nothing I ever would have, I guess, expected to, to say about this project. It was an unintended consequence, but I've fielded a, a lot of feedback from people who have said that, you know, this is where I get my news, which is a little concerning. Me, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, it is a little know. concerning. But, the, but, you know, The Daily Show is certainly, um, you know, that's informing a lot of people, too. And I guess at the end of the day, it's probably better than nothing. But it is a little unusual to yeah. rely on comedians and um, artists to tell you all the information you need to survive. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. And I mean, and that's I guess the, where that's played out is I, it's I guess it's only in enforced the kind of the mo of you know i'll i'll double and triple check what i'm going to be drawing about just to make sure that i'm not i'm not contributing to any false narrative out there right um and i similarly for the most part really with 
at least the news item that's being picked. I try to have it be as kind of straightforward as possible. The news item devoid of a bias or slant, which is not always easily done, but you know, I, I try to at least have that part be a non-negotiable fact. Like right. this is what happened. This is what was said. And then of course, obviously the editorial part comes in the drawing, but right. I, you know, I, I guess at least try to have that be that part be pretty static. I'm curious, what do you do as a day job when you're not doing art? What do you do? I'm a district manager, so I travel around all over the place um, with uh, Urban Outfitters. A lot of miles on the road, which, especially when I'm, you know, staying in hotels and stuff, is helpful because it's just me and, you know, the news. (laughs) Right, you can pass the time. That helps, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the definitely, I guess, that over time with the with the Instagram at least, um, you know, people who I work with and friends and stuff are finding it. And sometimes I don't know they necessarily know if, that it's me because they're just seeing it on other people's feeds. And um, but yeah, I mean, so far it's been pretty well received that yeah. way. Are you getting requests from people? Do people want to buy prints? Are you selling prints for individual days? Um, how does that work? How can people get your prints if they want them? I don't put them all up. It would be a bit much, but. Basically, what I put up, at least for the Instagram pages, if there's a specific print someone's interested in, I can certainly make that happen. I guess I've also been like a little bit slow on this because while there have definitely been people who've reached out requesting certain drawings, uh, for the most part, I'm like, why would anyone want a print of of <laughs> Sean Spicer's face? Like, I just... I, <laughs> It seems so implausible to me, um, unless his mom's on Instagram or something. But I just, it's not. But, so I guess I've opened it up that way where, you know, it's, hey, if there's a drawing you want a print of, by all means, let me know and I'll make it happen. But yeah, there's been some requests for that. I mean, I think there's a few other things I'm going to I'm gonna be looking to uh, put out there. I know some postcards and stuff, but the kind of... I, I guess that's been where my hesitation has been. Just like I don't, I don't know how how marketable, <laughs> like the individual right, stuff. Right, like totally Paul Ryan see, holding like, the gun. Pulp. Yeah, it's like, do you really want yeah. that on your wall? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, no, I totally <laughs> right, understand right. where you're coming from. I don't want to uh, see that every day. Yeah, right, um, right. So you're creating art as more of a commentary, as opposed to um, home decor you know, kind of artwork, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, certainly I'm, I'm going to be putting up some postcards. I think that makes maybe a little bit more sense as kind of, as opposed to like framing, a, a, this, you know, whatever <laughs> scary person and putting it in your home seems right. to be a, a cautionary tale more than anything else. Do you think this will um, lead you to do, uh, other artwork. I mean, because have you ever made this art, much art in this amount of time before? Oh, geez. Actually, yeah, probably. Um, I when I was younger, this is all I did. You know, obsessively. Right. So like so, every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was your subject so, I mean, matter? Yeah, it reminds me. What was like, my subject? Yeah. Matter? What were you drawing? Um, what were you drawing before this? Like when you were younger, what did you like to draw? When I was really little, I would just make like. Uh, zoology books basically just like every animal i could think of and just like drawing you know scores upon scores of different animals when i got a little bit older 
like 11 or so <clears throat> I got really into comic books and so I made my own kind of cast of comic book characters and made like a hundred and something issues quote unquote of this comic book with like you know just following a group of superheroes around so yeah I was like pretty obsessive when it came to to drawing stuff so yeah in terms of the scope and scale yeah I guess this is kind of similar to so it sounds like you, you, you trained you trained for this you had no idea <laughs> yeah, that you unintentionally this. yeah yeah yeah, well, that's really interesting. Um, well, are you using fancier pencils now? Or are you using the Prismacolor pencils now? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I stepped up my game a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've well, gone away from the Bic, the yeah. Bic pen, the, you know, found pens into barrel Prismacolor. Has this inspired you to start thinking about other art projects now that art has come back into your life in a major way? Have you thought about what you might do next after this work? Not specifically, like you said, it's, it's been pretty all consuming in a way but um what it's what it's done though is it's been a great sort of practice and training regimen getting kind of you know uh my skills honed a little bit and i think if nothing else it's definitely emboldened me to keep going and doing and and certainly for this to not be the the last of things because you know political art and commentary was never my bread and butter when it came to art. You know, I'd always really liked doing, or I always, I guess, like I, I would have most wanted to be doing children's books or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I would imagine once this mess is over, I'll probably want to shift gears entirely, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't even been able to wrap my head around what the next thing would be. I've, you know, I've toyed around with other ideas about kind of doing parallel projects to this one, whereas as opposed to doing a daily documentation of, you know, whatever's happening with Trump and or his administration, doing a daily documentation of what people are doing that's positive in in resistance or mm-hmm. uh, as, as, a, as a source of dissent kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know, but, you know, certainly it will be something. Do you have any concerns about, like, if, if, you know, you want to do children's books later down the road and people are like, oh, you're the Daily Dawn guy. I, I mean, does that worry you at all? God. In the same no, way you're in? doesn't concern me in the slightest. <laughs> I mean, anyone, I have zero second thoughts or regrets about any of the drawings. Right. Or the content. And I think, you know, it, it, if, if someone were to view this body of work as, a deal breaker for something <laughs> going forward. I mean, fine. <laughs> you know, I, I would never be able to see eye to eye with that person anyway, as likely as it is. So I, I mean, I, you know, you look at, you look at other people in the past who've been able to create careers after something that Michelle Silverstein doing, you know, illustrations for Playboy, you oh, know, yeah, and then doing yeah. the giving tree and, you know, so, <laughs> right. you know, I, I think, I think there's a lot of examples of that. And right, certainly right. there's people I imagine who, who would not be so thrilled if I had a children's book out and they found that I did this stuff, they probably wouldn't be super happy about it, but Hey, that's, I guess what happens. I think there comes a point too, or if it's just so, outlandish the situation you're, you're just like no we do have to say you know what this is not 
this isn't right. You know, we, we need to take another look at this. So, and, and that's what you're doing. So, you know, um, yeah. And, and sometimes if it comes at a price where there might be some folks out there who don't appreciate it or so be it. Well, and to that point, I, you know, I also try to pick the stuff, the news items that regardless of your political stripes should give you cause for concern. Right. right. So, I mean, like, right. for example, whether or not you voted for Trump, him spending, you know, whatever it was, like seven consecutive weekends golfing in Mar-a-Lago, if you voted for Trump, that shouldn't be something you're particularly enthused about, especially when he spent so much time <laughs> raking Obama across the coals for golfing. I mean, it's just, right. so I also will try to skew the stories, if I can, in that direction, too, where it's like, I don't care who you are, who you voted for. You can't possibly, you know, right. agree with whatever this thing is that's happening. I don't know if you have anything else that you want people to know about you and what you do. I mean, the only thing I'll say is, because, you know, I have fielded a lot of questions, I guess, along the way about what the, the point of it and stuff. And I think just to sum it up, I think the big problem during the whole campaign was that there were so many things that happened every day that would have been deal breakers on their own, would have been like on its face on one thing alone, mm -hmm. you know, would have been cause for concern or would have been enough to rule this guy out. But because the volume of issues was so unending and, and, and so much every day, so much got forgotten or overlooked. And that is the whole point of this project is for just for me anyways, like I don't want to, I don't want to forget any of it. Like I want to, I want to remember as much of it as I can because all of it I think is worth remembering and documenting. So the whole point of the project is, is really that for me personally, because I don't, I want to, I want to be able to remember all of the things that happened or, 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 or tried to, to make happen on behalf of the administration um, because it could be easily forgotten and it really shouldn't be. Well, and that's a really good point. And I think a great way to sum up, you know, everything that you're doing. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for the time. It's great. A special thanks to Jesse for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed the conversation and I hope you folks did too. So you can check out the daily Don on Instagram. There's also a Facebook page as well. It's some funny stuff. And I think that if you're an artist, you're looking to figure out a way to like commit to doing a project over a series of days. This is a great example to look at and see how he's sustaining the work day after day after day. And um, unfortunately there doesn't seem to be a shortage of material. <laughs> with this administration. So um, I think he'll be in business for quite a while. I need to rush out to drive my daughter to her band practice, but I wanted to mention also a little segue here. The Craft Sanity Kindred looms that I've been talking about for months and building here at the Craft Sanity headquarters for months, those are finally ready to be launched into the marketplace. So I have started some pre-orders with people that know I've been making these. The hat loom is going to be the first one to launch. So uh, look for that in my Etsy shop. I'm really excited because I have spent so much time prototyping and sourcing materials. And oh my word, it's been quite an adventure. But I finally have a new set of looms that I'm really happy with and love to work on. That's kind of been my saving grace through some of this these first 100 days is I've been weaving up a storm. So you can head over to the Craft Sanity Etsy shop to check those out. And if you have an idea for me for an upcoming show, let me know. I'm going to be catching up. I just finished the semester at the community college where I teach. 
And so now I have a little more breathing room in my schedule for the summer. So I'm going to be recording as many shows as I can and catching up with people that I had talked to about recording shows. So thanks again for tuning in. I'll be back shortly with another episode. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at CraftSanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at CraftSanity.etsy.com. Same time next week we'll be crafting.